you can see it looks a little bit like the hippopotamus from Madagascar, with the crunching jaws. I see. The eyes. Um, these, these over here are the Kardashians, the, um, because they all look alike, the moulds that we... <laughs> Do you really call them that? Serena I love calls it. them, yeah. Um, okay. Hard to tell apart, there's so many of them, all yeah. look the same. What other names have you got? The orange concrete mixer, Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Prince Harry, the orange concrete mixer, excellent. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today on The Detail it sounds like we're in a playground but I'm actually in the laboratory of a building in Auckland. A building that houses more than a hundred people with PhDs who are working on projects that could help save our world from meltdown. It is the starting place for some of our most successful ventures including Rocket Lab and Lanzatech. We filter the great ideas. We, we said we back the great ideas and the model that we have here is quite different to the model that you'll see across New Zealand where, where here we take a technology first and experience first look at these new ideas. So this is the lab, this is where it all happens. The team hard at work. I'm in the laboratory of Neocrete with its co-founders Matt Kennedy-Good and Zarina Bazoiva. And with their small team, we're about to watch a live experiment in a concrete crusher, the machine they've nicknamed Gloria. We've got an a, a X and Y axis and the green line is showing us its strength, gaining as the jaws of this hippopotamus clench shut. And, and tighter and tighter, building the pressure. The pressure equivalent to 800 metres underwater, like water pressure. What are we going for here, team? Well, Anything control was 10. OK, we've reached control, so this is good. This, this is good, strong concrete. If we can get to 20, we'd, we'd double the control. Oh, we hit 20. Neocrete is one of more than 20 startups in this building, aptly called Future House. What these startups have in common is that they are part of the fast-growing science and engineering-based deep tech sector. I've been invited here to meet some of them. And here in this lab, they're working on a clean solution to one of the world's biggest polluters. Concrete is the most used product in the world after water. The glue that holds concrete together is mm. cement. But the problem with cement is that it's responsible for 8% of global greenhouse emissions. And so what Neocrete has done is found a way to replace cement by activating volcanic ash. There's a lot of volcanic ash around the world, it's not really used very much. Volcanoes have already done a lot of the work and we finished that with our activator that we've developed. And so we can currently replace half of the cement and concrete about 50%, which is, you know, if, if Neocrete was scaled all around the world right now, it would be 4% less greenhouse gas emissions around the world. And we're going for 100% replacement by 2027. What we've got here is, is a setup which enables us to make concrete, testing different materials in it, and then we've got machines to crush it. Um, places to cure that concrete according to the building code and a whole wall full of different materials from across New Zealand and some from around the world which we're using to make our activator 
um, which is what makes concrete, um, enables us to replace cement and concrete and activate that volcanic ash. This is what it looks like. Okay, so just a, a, a pinkish powder. Like yeah, or fine powder, fine not powder. too unlike cement or maybe talcum powder, you know? So that's your secret ingredient, yeah. Serena. <laughs> well, yeah, the activator, um, it accelerates chemical reactions that happen in concrete that makes them stronger and more durable and uh, resilient to water and potentially the other impacts of climate change like flooding or seawater level rising and a lot of other things. So on top of reducing the actual CO2 in concrete or imported CO2 in concrete, it's actually, because it's more durable and it can sustain the impacts of climate change much better, it actually becomes a more sustainable building materials in all sorts of ways. Okay, so, so everything in your product, Neocrete, mm -hmm is natural and sustainable? Well, I would say 95% okay. is natural. We still add some chemicals that uh, do the magic. But yeah, the majority, 95% is from New Zealand is, uh, and natural materials. And this is what it looks like for you to have a feel. And this is symbolic for us. It, it looks like some little hands holding a little version of the world. And, and we're a very impact-focused business. So our goal is to reduce global greenhouse emissions by 1% by 2033, within 10 years. So that's half a billion tonnes of carbon that we want to stop going into the atmosphere every year. But you're still kind of, what are you doing, working on the formula still? You're still perfecting the formula? Yeah, so uh, we don't do all of the processing of the materials in this lab. But here we do the final stages of processing the materials and pretty much mixing it together for the activator. And we, we continuously tested um, new formulations as we go and new materials, where currently we think maybe 95% ready for commercial production, but we're still tweaking our formulation based on the test results we achieve from um, our customers. How long have you been working on this for? Five, Five years. years. That's Five my years. new Crusade 2018. Yeah, and we're finally at the stage where we can go commercial. So we've just today signed a lease for our pilot plant. It's going to be in Auckland, and this is to supply the New Zealand market. We've also got our first export orders from overseas. And uh, we are very grateful to Callaghan Innovation and Waka Kotahi, Akina Foundation, all the government organisations that actually um, believed in us and uh, provided grant money for us to start our research that now resulted in this amazing product. There's a bit of a family story here, isn't there? Is right? Yeah, so my dad is a concrete scientist and he was a university professor, civil engineer, and when I was younger I would wait for my mum in my dad's labs. This is, where is this? That's in Russia, in, in South Russia, Russia on uh -huh. the border with Georgia. And he was just experimenting, and that's how he told me about this amazing building material that connected the land with bridges and tunnels, and that allowed us to build vertically rather than horizontally. And that's where I developed love and excitement for this amazing building material. It was in New Zealand that Serena started working with Matt on a green version of concrete, with her father as part of the team. But selling this product has not been easy. The industry is historically um, risk averse because of the, you know, the impacts of failed building material, failed product on our lives. 
but there needs to be a balance between the innovation and conservatism that is healthy. And maybe at the start, there was quite um, hard to break into, but now we're getting recognized and we have a few champion or uh, early adopters that are happy to work with us and happy to trial and give it a go and hopefully have a great success story. And there, the rest of the industry, we believe, will pick up as they see success and they see that there's no risk or someone de-risks it for them mm. by building other companies like Kayangora, for example. There's a building in South Auckland in Mungaray, mm-hmm. social house that has neocrete concrete panels already. So I think more projects like that will uh, create more traction for us. This is kind of the value of a, of a place like Outset is that each of the companies here developing technologies that could genuinely transform industry. And an industry transformation is really what we need today. Sean Simpson is taking me to meet my next startup in the building and talking to me about how this all works. He's the founder of Lanzatech, the clean energy company now worth billions of dollars. He's back in New Zealand and chairs Outset Ventures, the incubator for deep tech startups here in Parnell. Its second role is to raise money to support more of these companies. As we think about the climate crisis, as we think about the need for us to rethink how we make everything that we see around us, we need innovation, we need new industries, and that requires entrepreneurs to to successfully bring their startup ideas into the commercial environment. And so Outset is here to grow those early early stage companies that develop in the community uh, around us. Did you have this when you were developing Lancetech? No. <laughs> oh. And we would have we would have benefited enormously from it. Um, and so what we really bring is the ability for entrepreneurs to talk to each other as well as kind of past experts in, in scale-up and um, give them the opportunity to, I guess, learn from other people's experience, learn from other people's mistakes, learn from other people's uh, strategies and therefore improve the quality of decision-making for everyone. Mm, excellent. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice Sharon, to meet you. you. Hi. Nice Great to meet, to meet you. you. Where, where are we? <laughs> We're currently standing in one of Biotelliger's um, laboratories where we do work on our crop protection technologies. Meeting me is Damien Fleetwood, CEO of Biotelliger, which is developing natural crop protection against pests and diseases. He's wearing a white coat. But do we need to put on lab coats? Is that or? Okay? Yeah. So just before I show you around, yeah. show you around just to let you know, we. Um, you know, health and safety stuff. So mm. we work with hazardous chemicals and imported fungi of unknown provenance here. So nothing to worry about, but I guess just to be mindful of that, so please don't kind of touch surfaces and stuff. Okay, okay. Wash, wash our hands when we go. So in this lab, you know, we're in the business of developing technologies that farmers and growers can use to protect their crops from pests and diseases that are biological and basis, are clean, green and biodegradable. And the intent is that growers can use them in exactly the same way as they use chemical pesticides and replace those unwanted kind of dangerous and inverted commas uh, chemical pesticides. So that's kind of what we're in the business of doing Mm -hmm. and everything in our laboratories as you'll see as we walk around is kind of geared towards developing such technologies. So um, this This room here on the right is is a very basic plant room. We have a more high-tech one upstairs where we do experiments. This is literally just for growing plants and as you can see there's various stages of growth of bok choy plants. And they're literally to do experiments on... And what, do you 
put some of your product on here. Yeah, that's right. So this is our insectary. And so you can see in here, these there are some plastic cubes uh, within which are some wheat plants you can see growing and, again, some bok choy. And I'm not sure if you look carefully, but um, you might have to use your imagination a little bit. There's a whole lot of little dots on those wheat plants, and those are aphids. We right. grow them on the wheat, then we do experiments on them. And there's some kind of high-tech-looking spray machinery in this room that's used for highly precise uh, application of our bio-insecticide technology and biofungicide technology, respectively, for insect control and disease control. And on the right hand, or my right hand side, um, we're just looking through the window into our PC2, Physical Containment 2 lab, which is a containment lab where we are permitted to do genetic modification experiments. Mm -hmm. Our products are not genetically modified, but we use the tools of genetic modification and molecular biology uh, to understand and exploit and manufacture uh, our technologies. Right, a little here and there. Uh, so there's some cabinets you can see here. Th those are designed such that it will contain any microorganism work uh, safely and cleanly in those cabinets. And we do the majority of our work in there. You can see what's called a bioreactor in the back corner. Sean Simpson's coming to look at, perked up at the sound of a bioreactor. <laughs> it's just a small one, Sean. Uh, and this is where we can grow our organisms to high consistency and purity. This lab looks like a lot of money, a lot of, a lot of investment. Where has it come from? Yeah, we've had a really um, a supportive and patient set of investors. So this company is was formed originally, kind of I'd call it the antecedent of today's Biotelliger, uh, as early as 2009. Uh, and the majority of our existing investors today uh, have been around since then, 2009 to kind of 2012. A lot of repeat reinvestment, they really just believe in what we're doing as a company. We had a, a kind of a shift and refocus in 2015, 2016, but al always focus on clean agriculture and making a difference. So we've been really lucky to be able to bootstrap across that period you will have probably talked to a lot of companies that have taken in venture investment or gone through rounds and so forth. That's not the model that we've taken to fund the company. Uh, as much as possible, we've used revenue from licensing in the early days of the company's sales as well. That's called a bootstrapping model, uh, with continuing those support from a quite large number of mostly New Zealand-based uh, investors. So we're really grateful for them. Basically, what you want to break into the 67 billion dollar market in the US for biopesticides? It's a, it's a big market, yeah, so that would be the international figure, the global figures there, but yes, it's a very large global market, and the overall kind of agrochemical market is, is huge. Within that, as we kind of discussed, there's a, a growing and quite large demand from consumers for cleaner agriculture, for less impact on biodiversity and agroecological systems, but the adjacent ecological systems as well that current use of chemical pesticides has uh, and so for that reason the biological market the one that we're in which is you know the one that naturally occurring that's clean biodegradable etc so it's a really rapidly growing aspect of a very large market which is pretty much what you want to be in as a as a startup company and as an investor we're about to go into a small dark room would you like to see some fungi? Oh yes please. Maybe you can't see too well. I can smell so what does that smell? That is the smell mostly of the growth medium that our, this particular fungus uh, is growing in. This is the fungus that forms the basis of our biofungicide technology. This will be our first um, main product to market. 
In here, fungi are growing in other secret ingredients that will eventually become the commercial product. This is a long, painstaking process. Unlike some other forms of technology, it takes a very long time. If you're in first discovering something that you can utilise as a clean, safe pesticide that comes from a naturally occurring fungus, it takes time just to discover it and understand it, understand the underlying biology, and then the exploitation of that and the proof that it works, you know, field trials, etc. once you've got a product that's based on all of that, these are just very, very long timelines. And so, as I said, we've been lucky, but it has nevertheless been a struggle to continue to, you know, have safe, secure funding over that period. This is one of our great scientists, Technam. Mm-hmm. We have 19 staff, um, just about half of them have PhDs. We're very much a science-focused company. Technam, though, is our only person with two PhDs uh, in, in engineering. Hi. And he's currently grinding up some of that material we were looking at for analysis. I'm sitting with Sean Simpson now in the open plan office of Outset Ventures. After the huge success of Lanzatech, what drives him now? For me, it's the certainty that we have to change how we live in order to live sustainably on this planet for, for the foreseeable future. We cannot, we cannot go on polluting in the way we do at the scale that we do. And so we need to transform industry. And for that, we need to offer viable alternatives to the industrial processes that exist today that produce our fuels, our materials, our concrete, our pesticides, everything. Mm. Everything needs to change um, because we've become... We've become reliant on processes that inherently uh, produce vast quantities of waste, and that's, that's not good. Have you got any of your own ideas, new ideas that you're working on? Always have ideas. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's, that's got the potential of Lanzatech? I think there are, but I also think there's, there's ideas in this building. Uh, if we look at Neocrete, if we look at Biotelogy, if we look at Energy Bank, these are ideas that have the potential of, of Lanzatech, and it requires all the right circumstances to, be, uh, to come together in order for those to succeed. For every one of these, there must be many, many that don't get to that stage, but are worthy of that kind of development and that kind of support? What do you think? I think, I think you are correct, but I think that what we do at Outset is, at first, we filter the great ideas. We, we, so we back the great ideas. And the model that we have here is quite different to the model that you'll see uh, across New Zealand, uh, where here we take a technology first and experience first look at these new ideas. So um, the investment committee for Outset Ventures includes myself, Peter Beck of Rocket Lab and Will Barker of Mint Innovation. Each of us have founded technology companies, grown technology companies and commercialized technology companies. And we know what the journey for these companies looks like and we know what's going to be required in order for these companies to be successful. 
And, and so we look at this, yes, as a technology, but we also look at it as a team and we also look at it as a journey. And so when we, when we combine that insight together, uh, we can seek to try and pick the very best companies to incubate here at outset to give them the best chance in life in those early years of founding and growing a company. Are there enough of these setups? Enough, enough like <laughs> Outset, or could we do with... This is the only one. Oh. So Outset is the only deep tech, a dedicated incubator in New Zealand. And to be really clear, we at Outset have not received any material um, government support to date, but we're dedicated to grow new industries that will become part of a new and sustainable manufacturing base within New Zealand. Okay, there's no um, public funding. Is that what you're saying for outset? So, so far, we've received none. We're, we're asking be? for it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I think there, there absolutely should be because I think that what we're looking to do is translate the the innovative, brilliant ideas that exist in New Zealand into real commercial outcomes to support the 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 Kiwi entrepreneurs who want to uh, deliver impactful and uh, meaningful and profitable uh, new industries. Uh, that will be the basis for a sustainable uh, and diverse economy in New Zealand. As we speak, the look of the coalition government has just been announced. Do you believe anything will change for you in this sector? I'm, I'm, very, I'm always optimistic. I am optimistic and I think that a new government has a chance to do things differently. And so for me, that's a, it's a great opportunity, mm. uh, a great opportunity for, for governments to come in and, and show leadership and show a path forward to grow New Zealand science, grow New Zealand technologies and support New Zealand entrepreneurs. Is that why you've, I've been invited here? Because um, <laughs> you've got a message to send to the government and to potential financiers, I think. Have you got a second round of funding coming up? Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, honestly, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think our message to the government is we're here to, to support uh, New Zealand entrepreneurs and we'd like them to partner with us. Back to Damien and the future of Biotelliger. It wants a slice of the big, lucrative global market, but his hope is to keep the company in New Zealand. Our expectation, though, is that the company, more or less as it is, whoever the owners might be, would continue to be based here. We're an R&D technology development company. We don't have ambitions, for example, to do manufacture or distribution, and so that drive for some of those other companies to be near where the big markets are doesn't really exist for us. We'll work with large contract manufacturers in those markets. So it's our hope and expectation that we'll stay a Kiwi company based right where we are. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. Phil Vine and Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison are our producers. And thanks to Sean Simpson, Damien Fleetwood, Serena Bazoiva and Matt Kennedy-Good. Mā te wā.